Welcome to the Innovation in Motion podcast. Um, we are also known as IIM. We are an early stage investment firm focused on agriculture, animal health, and human health companies in the seed to series A stages of development. Um, my name is Lydia Kincaid. I'm the managing director. Then we have Lee Harris, our managing member. And we also have a special guest, our chief technology officer for Cohenesri, Mark Fletcher. Um, Lee, I'm going to turn it right over to you to, to set the stage for what we're going to talk about today um, by giving us some background of the current state of venture capital um, and why we have Mark Fletcher on with us. Absolutely. And uh, the, the state of the current environment is very, very murky. Uh, however, it is becoming clearer uh, and the, the, the further into 2023 we get. I have some statistics, uh, imagine that. Uh, and let's talk about late stage investing first. We're early stage, let's talk about late stage. So in 2021, there was over $440 billion invested in late stage companies. In 2022, that number had dropped to $232 billion. Still a lot of money, but a huge decline. And I believe that uh, we're, we're seeing even even further decline in 2023 based on what I've heard in the in the marketplace. Mid-stage investing, so late-stage investing is kind of the scale-up uh, phase of a company. Mid-stage investing is in the breakout phase. So they're uh, 15 to $100 million uh, companies. The late-stage are $100, $100 million plus companies. In 2021, the mid-stage invested uh, $210 billion in 2022 that it dropped off not as precipitously as late stage, but it was $176 billion. By contrast, early stage investing, which is the startup and seed space that we are in, zero to $15 million companies. 2021, it was a $72.5 million investment by, by the industry. 2022, $71.7 billion. So very little change. And what we've also seen in uh, pre-seed, pre uh, that's the zero to $1 million check size. Uh, we're looking at uh, $3 billion invested in 21, $3 billion in 2022, $836 million in Q1 of 2023. So not that big of a drop-off. And uh, seed and Series A has, has $18 billion in seed, 2021, 18 billion in 2022, 3 billion, and a little bit of a drop off in Q1 of this year, but uh, some of that's a seasonal adjustment. And Series A, 4 to 15 million dollars, had saw 54 billion in 2021, 60 billion in 2022, and 11 billion so far in Q1 of 2023. Now, what does all of this mean? A lot of numbers here. Um, We've been preaching forever, you and I, on this podcast, that early stage companies need to, to, to plan to do more with less. Uh, they need to raise enough money for at least 24 to 30 months of runway. They need to avoid bridge rounds if at all possible. The money just might not be there. And they need to avoid valuations that are too high. And the list goes on and on and on. Controlling the bond is right there at the top of that, that list of of doing more with less. So conserving cash, getting that, that burn to, 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 to reduce as much as possible 
because as you can see from these statistics that I rolled out, and there are issues uh, downstream, if you will, in terms of, of the current environment uh, where raising capital is concerned for, for uh, companies at the mid-stage and late stage. And fortunately, we've seen things hold up pretty well at the, at, at the early stage, but that doesn't mean that uh, the money is just going to be continuing to flow like it did in 2020, 2021, even early 2022. So that sets the stage. How do we control burn and, and lengthen that runway for a company so that it's not and, uh, hitting the wall uh, and constantly having to be out there raising capital? So one, one way that we've talked about doing that is utilizing technology in newer and better ways. And so right now there is all sorts of buzz out there about chat GPT and all sorts of AI applications and use cases. Um, it's becoming more and more accessible to the masses, if you will. And I think we're just, uh, we're right on the cusp of having some really, really powerful and accurate tools. We're not there yet, but we will be. Um, and so we've asked Mark to come on board today to share some of his insights um, on the technology space and maybe give our founders who are listening or even investors some things to think about as they're exploring ways to use technology um, instead of expanding their headcount. Um, how can they use technology to work smarter and not harder? Mark, I'm gonna turn it over to you. All right, well, you hit the nail on the head. There are some exciting things going on. When ChatGPT first kind of uh, showed up on everybody's radar, it was in, uh, in November and December of 2022. And, and it, it you know, kind of, started out slowly and then all of a sudden there was a lot of press um and that was the beginning of uh of kind of at least uh, for most people the conscious awareness of how far machine learning had come because chad gpt just kind of blew everything else we had seen out of the water in fact it, it's the fastest growing computer application in the history of mankind and it just happened. Like we're observing that right now. Wow. That's that's crazy. Faster than any other anything ever before. That's ChatGPT. And, and leading up to that, there was a lot of stuff, but you had to be pretty geeky to be aware of it, right? It's pretty super geeky to be aware of it. But now we we see that coming, and it's so applicable. Um, in addition to that, there's been some using the same underlying technology, so great advancements in uh, text to image. Uh, technology and, and now text to video technology and uh, even some text to speech technology that's coming. Um, and um, all of those different technologies are super early. That's our first challenge for, for these startups. The first challenge is that many of these products are in beta and you can sign up, but you're going to be number 3 million on the list to try the beta, right? And many of, and and and, and it's challenging because you get so excited you're like oh it can do these things but then you know you got you sign up for it and it's like oh it could be months months or even years before we get to actually try them out I'm personally experiencing that disappointment right but but so let's talk about the things you can use right now and then we'll talk about maybe some strategies for things you can try over time right so right out of the gate. There's two products that if you're if you're uh, if if you have a startup you want to be looking at very closely. One of them is of course 
uh, chat GPT. And, um, and, an, and a, another one is um, the uh, text to image, text to video, and text to speech technology. So let's talk, we'll hit chat GPT uh, first. You already know all about it, right? But they, they just released a product called GPT-4. But GPT, unlike chat GPT, GPT-4 is only accessible through APIs, right? So if you're, if you're not in a programmer, you might not know what an API is, but it, it's a programmatic way of accessing like all of that intelligence behind chat GPT. And, and GPT-4 comes with more features than chat GPT does. For instance, chat GPT is limited. It, it can't view images. It can't in, and analyze images. You couldn't uh, give it, say, uh, um, uh, maybe some some blueprints and ask it to analyze it. You couldn't even ask it to analyze a PDF, right? But with uh, GPT-4 through APIs, you can you can do a lot more, right? But that means you're going to need a programmer, right? And a lot of these startups they may not have programmers on staff, right? So what do you do? You depend you depend on um, this new ecosystem that's emerging around ChatGPT and GPT-4. And so um, one great product that can help you on that uh, journey is a product called AutoGPT, and there's about seven dozen uh, uh, similar products, right? They're all in the early stages. Um, AutoGPT, I believe, is an open source technology. You can actually go and, and sign up. Um, you do have to create an account with OpenAI. They're the company behind GPT-4 or ChatGPT. And then, um, and then what you do is you, with, with AutoGPT, you, you, can, you can take all that intelligence and unleash it on the internet. So if you're an early startup, you probably care a lot about market studies uh, com you, you maybe want to, you care a lot about your competitive advantage. So there's a lot of research you're doing. Who's, who else is doing something, something similar to what I'm doing? And I want to make sure I understand what they're doing so I can remain competitive. Like you can use this auto GPT to go off and, and you just give it a list of assignments and it will go search the internet, compile the data, organize the data. And it's smart enough that it might go on its own. Oh, I, I can see some gaps here in my analysis. And it might spin off like incarnations of itself. Like it's done this. Like it goes, oh, I need more help. I'm going to clone myself to go get other stuff and bring it together. And, and for literally a, a, a few dollars of access to their back end, you've done days of research in minutes. That's spectacular. We got to watch out for the gotchas, though. These are all early beta products, and they will be for many, many months to come. And and so you could think of these AI tools as um, kind of heavy lifters, but not very are not very um, refined, right? So they might do a great job of doing that heavy lifting. Now you need to go in and and, and do some refining. Because these AI technologies, the way they work, they don't know the difference between truth and falsehood. They have no way of knowing because there's no there's no uh, intelligence back there. I know we call it an artificial intelligence. That's just because it looks intelligent. Underneath, 
the pro all these programs, whether it's text to image generator or 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 uh, text kind of uh, chat generating logic, it's it's still analytically guessing the likelihood of what the next phrase or word will be in a sentence, or what's the next right and appropriate pixel in an image. And because of the way that technology works, it doesn't know. It is it doesn't know. So you got to go through whatever's produced by these tools and be very thorough about um, sanity checking it. The great news is um, that it, it could save you an FTE or two as long as you keep retaining an FTE or two to refine its output. That's important for now. Later on, these these technologies are going to become more refined. Um, and if and and maybe you want to keep all your FTEs. And so this just lets you do more with those exist existing FT, uh, FTEs. And so um, just some things that you can get right out of the gate, like you can scan resumes, um, help generate interview questions. You can, using that auto GPT, you can actually go out and look for candidates for positions, right? It will scour the internet and the job boards, analyze their resumes, look for things you care about and come back with a list of 10 people to hire. Like, is, that's amazing, right? It, it can also uh, summarize uh, papers, um, maybe maybe their research papers or science journals. It can scour the, um, the subtitles on videos on YouTube and other places, looking for certain phrases or sentences that matter to your research. Imagine that, right? So maybe maybe your product is maybe a weed control product that that attaches to a tractor in, in an agribusiness environment. And uh, you really want to see what the competitors are like. This auto GPT lets you really do that. And the great thing is every day there's new things. You can schedule that auto GPT to do that kind of research every morning, right? And then it just saves that data out for you. It, you can then refine it more, ask it to summarize what it already summarized so that it's just a daily briefing, right? So there's lots of opportunity there. It can summarize legal documents. It can analyze legal documents. Maybe you have a big gigantic contract. You don't have time to read it line by line. You can ask it to analyze it looking for risks, right? Analyze it for where exposure, right? Um, go ahead, Lee. Mark, you, you, you haven't mentioned one thing that I think is, uh, is really important to early stage companies, especially that are in a, have any kind of technology, and that's programming. I mean, uh, what's, what's your take right now on the accuracy and efficacy of uh, allowing AI and one of these uh, LLMs to to, to handle the, the actual programming function, which could uh, eliminate the need to, to add more developers to a, a, a startup team. Great, great point. You're right. I didn't mention that. That's probably one of the most mature components. Um, so ChatGPT and other similar products are uh, excellent at all things language, and programming is just a language. And so there's been some more robust and I would say more polished and refined products hit the market. One of them is called Copilot, and it's produced uh, by GitHub uh, and sold by GitHub. It works with uh, a lot of different suites, and Microsoft actually has a, a stake in it as well. 
and it, it can program in dozens, probably hundreds of programming languages. One challenge uh, right now with um, with using artificial intelligence to produce the the code is it isn't really good at converting, say, business needs into uh, user interface designs. Now that's probably going to come, but until it comes, you're going to still need to retain your business analysts, and you and, and most applications that you build are actually they're, they're, they're stacks of technology. Like there's no single technology you use to say produce a website, right? A website actually runs in multiple environments. Some of it's the code that runs on the client PC. That's the HTML and JavaScript. Some of that code runs on a database, uh, you know, maybe on Microsoft Azure or on a local uh, server room somewhere, right? Some of that runs on the web servers. And then a whole bunch of integrated APIs that are spread out across the internet. So no, no AI yet is able to produce a full stack of code across all those environments. What it can do is help you produce code for individual component, like, like spots. So we can say, help me write the HTML for this application. And then it will do that. And then you're like, okay, help me write the SQL statements for the back end of the application. And you got to think of that like distinctively different, but it can help with that. It isn't great at big, gigantic architectural stuff yet, right? It's going to help you debug your code. It's going to help you write generally expect, ex, accepted best practices. It will even help you refine your code so it's more efficient, but it's not going to help you with your big picture architecture yet. And the reason that that's going to be a challenge is because our architectures right now are highly distributed across multiple spaces and multiple vendors. And um, until products like AutoGPT become uh, maybe more structured at being able to access, uh, log into and access resources, um, that part's going to come later. So programmers get to keep their jobs for a little while. They're just going to be more productive. Um, does that help, Lee? It helps. You know, there is inherent bias in uh, in AI, and I'm not talking about political bias. I'm talking about general bias. And I guess one of the questions I would have for you is, you know, how how do how do you detect? And and probably that's not the case with programming, but with some of the research functions and whatnot, you're going to probably have some of that bias uh, since it was a human that. Uh, it, it put whatever is out there on the internet, uh, put it there in the first place, their bias is going to be in, in that. How do you go about as a, as a startup a founder uh, or founding team, how do you know you're not going down the wrong path with a particular approach that you're taking where that bias is concerned or accuracy? I understand that uh, some of, some of the things that have been found with ChatGPT, particularly the the earlier version that that I believe stopped in 2021 uh, in terms of the search of the web, I understand that there's been some accuracy issues as well. So help help our founders understand that. Sure. So for starters, uh, ChatGPT, even the most recent version, is still limited to 2021 data. Only if you are using a product like AutoGPT. And it and it uh, kind of escape that 
that barrier between it and the internet. So I wanted to clarify that really quick. So as far as bias goes, it's a, it's as biased as number one, the internet was in 2021 and or as it is now if you're using those plugins. But it's also biased by the algorithms the programmers built into it when they selected what to include in the training not. So let me give you a couple of tips. First of all, um, ChatGPT in particular is it's, it's a being with multiple personalities disorder. And you can pick the personality you want. And it will slant or emphasize the elements that 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 matter to you. So in other words, if you ask a question and say, I would like your response to be um, neutral, or I want your response to be maybe more liberal or more conservative or pick whichever side, it it will uh, it can, if you phrase your questions right, um, kind of try to guide its answers to whatever way you want it to lead. Right now, your concern, of course, is I don't want it to lean either direction. So how do I make sure it's accurate? As I mentioned before, it does heavy lifting, but that refinement still needs a human and it always will. Um, when I say it always will, as long as humans produce the AIs, you'll always need a human to sanity check the results because humans are innately biased and therefore AIs will always be innately biased. Um, I did a test uh, to try this out. I asked it to um, to write a paper on um, various pers political perspectives. Okay. And then, um, I, this is a great tip by the way, if you ask ChatGPT to do an outline first and then produce the content, it's way better by the way because it forces ChatGPT to go through another level of iteration when it develops its response to you. Okay, so just say, write an outline, and then we'll know what you mean by that. Then say, now write a 50-page, you know, dissertation on this based on the outline. But I did it once, and I used certain words to see if it would, like, swing it one way or the other. And then it did. I got a very left-leaning answer. And then I asked it again in a separate conversation, because remember, it remembers its conversations. So I didn't want it to remember my earlier conversation. I asked it again, and I used some words to make it think maybe I cared more about right-leading concepts. And sure enough, it popped out in the other direction. So it's like you can kind of guide it. But if you want truth, you're never going to get it, because there's no such thing on the internet, right? I don't know if that's helpful, Lee, or if you want me to try that one again. Um, I can hear that. Helpful. And and Mark, maybe um, can you give even an example of something that you've explored for like Cohen Esri, which is a real estate company that you're working on with your team to help us work smarter and not harder. That might give our founders some ideas that could be like then applicable to there. Sure. Sure. Great idea. Um, well, for starters, um, we we use it already at ex massively for writing content. Um, we might uh, we might provide uh, just a few data points about a particular apartment community, 
and ask it to write um, the verbiage for a pamphlet or for a website, and it does an excellent job. Um, we also use it to shorten, uh, I use it to shorten emails that are too long. I write the email, I'm like, dang, this email is too long. And then I'll dump it in chat GPT and say, please rewrite this, but much shorter. Um, we use not chat GPT, but AI technology to, uh, to correct low resolution or poor resolution photography for our properties. It's a lot cheaper to uh to just say hey make this uh very low resolution image a very high resolution image so we can use it in printed material and uh we use a product called topaz to do that um, they were an early implementer of this technology but adobe is coming out with a whole suite of technology that does the same thing this very podcast is going to use a we, we use a, a an adobe product called adobe podcast which will um, analyze our voice and the background noise all around us, and it, and it will turn it into studio quality sound, uh, regardless of how good our microphones are or what semi-truck drives behind me in the background. So we use that technology right now. Um, we're in the process of, uh, oh, and we use Copilot uh, as a, from a programming standpoint. Again, that helps us write our code faster. It helps us uh, troubleshoot. Um, my, in our technology kind of help desk environment, um, in the olden days, if we encountered a PC issue, uh, we would kind of hit the boards, we would Google it, we'd go to maybe the software producer's website and ask them, like, we have this problem, what should we do? Um, now we use uh, ChatGPT and it will help us troubleshoot our problems about three, four times faster. We do that right now as well. Uh, currently, we use ChatGPT to write our training curriculum um, and we use, an, uh, there's a new product, this text-to-voice or text-to-speech technology. Um, so one of our trainers will uh, upload her voice to this product. Um, then she'll write, she'll have ChatGPT write um, the script for a training course. Then she'll uh, she'll have this other artificial, in, this AI product, uh, output the recording of her voice delivering that training that was written by ChatGPT. And what used to be a three-day effort of writing the curriculum, then recording her, and then like she'll stumble on her words and she'll have to go back and edit and stuff. What was maybe a three-day effort is about an hour and a half, which is spectacular, right? So we're doing that right now in our training, which is which really great um, communication-wise. Uh, so pod, like not podcasts, though we could do that technology in podcasts. I will say this, though. You remember when polyester came out, it was quite a thing. It really was. This super durable, great stuff. But eventually it became unpopular as, you know, a, not a very stylish thing to make a suit out of, right? Um, there's a lot of effort to produce a lot of content online um, using AI, but um, a lot of people will value a real-life human-based podcast more than something ChatGPT just output, and then somebody just converted their voices to it. And so, you know, kind of like, um, I don't know, I, 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 I don't see a lot of people wearing a polyester suit anymore. Um, I do think that certain kinds of content will be more valued if it's authentically produced by a human versus just output in five minutes by 
and buy something. So we will find that happy medium. Over time, we'll find that happy medium. The heavy lifting is where we, I think you're going to get your biggest bang for the buck right now. Um, and those were just some examples of where we could, we, we could really drive it there. The next stage is research. This, for us, that's the next stage. How can we use this product to better uh, collect and aggregate uh, data on the internet about markets, about people, about um, environments? That's going to be powerful. And um, we can expect some great enhancements coming soon. I did some research on AI's ability to analyze blueprints and actually produce blueprints. We're not there yet, right? Um, they look like blueprints. Artistically, they look like, but it's gibberish, right? So there, there's probably going to be some companies that invest millions and maybe hundreds of millions of dollars into teaching AI about blueprints. And then they'll probably provide products in the next year or two that will allow you to do all kinds of exper experimental analysis on uh, building design, for instance. Well, Mark, uh, we really, really appreciate your thoughts here and your insight. I mean, Lee and I talk all the time about all the exciting happenings in technology and ways that we're going to try to implement, into, implement it into our own business at IIM. So thanks for sharing your thoughts on this and giving some great tips to all our founders and, and our broader audience. And thanks everyone for listening. You bet.